Welcome to Australian Hiker. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 30 of the Australian Hiker podcast. Today's episode is the bonus episode for June 2017. And today we've got a bit of a special one where we've gone through and recently visited the Outdoor Retailer Show in Sydney. This show was designed for wholesalers and suppliers to showcase their wares to the Australian outdoor retailers. Uh, And it provides an opportunity for uh, those in the industry to see the new product that's coming online for the season. This was the first show that Australian Hiker had been to, so we weren't quite too sure of of how we would be accepted and how we'd be be welcomed at the show. And and in all honesty, the people at the show, the wholesalers, were really, really quite amazing. They were very passionate about their products, they were very knowledgeable, uh, and they were more than happy to go through and talk to us. Yeah, I think uh, we were quite pleased uh, as first-timers, to while there was a day that was uh, for uh, members of the public, primarily it's targeting um, uh, the industry sector. Uh, we were really, really pleased about uh, the way in which we were welcomed. Um, we engaged with people talking about the usual and talking about the unusual, and uh, you know everybody was very passionate and very uh, keen to share their knowledge and to share um, what they were trying to do in support of uh, the sector that we're operating in. Now, as we had limited time to go through and um, and have a, look, have a look around and to interview people, we selected a series of six stands that we visited uh, that we had a particular interest in and also that uh, are starting to make a name for themselves in the Australian market or, or are all recognised in the Australian market as well. Uh, these interviews uh, vary in length. Uh, the first one um, is the longest of all the interviews. Most of them are relatively short. And we're sure that you'll get something new out of these, uh, these interviews that you may or may not have known before. Okay, I'm here with uh, Dove Fraser from Hammock Bliss. Uh, and he's a, uh, a, a, a retailer, wholesaler. Everything. Uh, everything of manufacturer, um, retailer, wholesaler, you know. of, of hammocks, and, and it's an Australian manufacturer. So it's worthwhile having a bit of a chat and seeing what uh, what we can find out about uh, uh, hammocks. So, Dave, tell me a bit about your your company and what you do. So, Hammock Bliss has been around uh, almost twenty years, and we've been in Australia ten, and we're one of the only two uh, Australian-based manufacturers of camping hammocks out there, and probably the certainly the longest-lived one. Uh, the hammock camping business started around 2000, so it's been uh, 17 years-ish out there. And in Australia, I would say it's a, a bit behind the curve in the States. It's uh, on the uptake, and more and more people are interested in hammock camping, and I'd say more of the Australians are interested in, in more technical setups than uh, your typical American. They want bug nets, they want rain flies, they want the whole system. Uh, what distinguishes Hammock Bliss from almost all the other 
uh, hammock camping companies out there is that we have some patent pending technology which is different and uh, potentially makes hammock camping more accessible and more comfortable for your typical first time person. Uh, a first time hammock camper, if they're not already used to hammock camping, will say, you know, oh, I might not, you know, I'm not, what, am I going to be too bowed? I'm not going to be comfortable. I'm going to be cold. So we have a, a couple designs that kind of allow the first time person to get into a hammock camping setup without any of those objections or any of the problems. The one I want to tell you about is called the Skybed and the Skybed Bug Free. The Skybed is, again, a patent-pending technology. It's an asymmetrical hammock that's built in panels. So your typical gathered-in hammock, which is your camping hammock, is a big rectangle of material bunched at the end. So it, it creates a bowed surface that you're sleeping in, which is fine for some people, but it's not necessarily the most comfortable for everyone. What the Skybed does is kind of change that rectangular gathered end thing and change into a three-panel thing where the center panel has got a sleeve for an inflatable mattress. So the hammock itself is made of ripstop nylon. The sleeve is made of parachute nylon, which is the typical material a lot of the gathered end hammocks are made of. So the sleeve is the center panel, and you put any inflatable uh, mattress inside that sleeve. Uh, it can be any brand and any thickness and almost any length, but it has to be the, the, the standard width, which is about 20 inches or 53 centimeters. So when you put a pad inside that hammock, it doesn't move around. So in your typical gathered-in hammock, you can put a pad in it under your sleeping bag, but it won't stay it's, it won't stay under you, and so that can become very frustrating. And it doesn't necessarily create flatness. What this design does is it create the whole hammock is designed and built around the sleeve and around the pad and when you get in it it's ridiculously flat it's arguably one of the flattest gathered in hammocks on the market and it's got the built-in insulation of having your inflatable mattress below you so just the way your inflatable mattress functions on the ground which is protecting you from the cold on the ground the inflatable mattress in the hammock is keeping you warm from the ambient air around you so in a hammock you get cold tend to get cold on your hip. So having the pad directly below you not moving means you're not going to you're not going to get cold from the ambient air. Obviously you need a sleeping bag, but that's going to keep you warm on top. And then the pad creates rigidity and that rigidity creates because of the asymmetry of the design creates a flatness that's different than almost any other camping hammock out there. So that's called the sky bed and the sky bed is just the hammock with the pad. Then you can move to the sky bed bug free, which is that exact same hammock but with a built-in noceum mesh. So the noceum mesh we use is got 2000 holes per square inch. So it's got a ridiculous number of holes that'll keep out almost any insect ever created but midges mosquitoes gnats flies you name it uh, it's also extremely difficult to rip or tear that we spent many many years sourcing the best quality noceum mesh and this mesh not only has the little holes but it has very high tensile strength so a lot of noceum meshes you'll see out there uh, have the little holes but they're more like a stocking so yep. you can like pull it apart you can rip it you can put your finger through it if you try hard enough because it even though it's got the, the the tiny holes to keep out the bugs it doesn't have the strength to keep it from tearing or ripping so this stuff has got kind of the perfect combination between strength and weight it's got 
a ridiculous number of holes in a kind of a diagonal pattern, but you cannot rip or tear it unless you take a knife to it. So with the uh, with the those the, the, the one with the um, the bug mesh and without, is there a, a weight limit on who can use these? these so I, I generally say, and that's a very good question. I I underbought it and say 175 kilos, and so some of my competitors go up to like 200 kilos. The bottom line is it's um, I don't want to say impossible, but for uh, a normal sized single person, it's fine. If you're you know 300 kilos, then you know maybe that's too much. But I've never I've never seen an uh, even even a big a big guy or whatever should be no problem as long as you're you know I would say between 175 and 200 kilos you're fine most people are less than that but generally that's that's what it's spec to and what about uh, height is there a sort of ideal sort of height there is kind of an ideal height this particular hammock because of the length of the pad is probably best suited to someone six feet maybe a little more than six feet but I would say if you're more than six two it might not be long enough so I would say up to six feet six feet two I'm, I'm speaking in, in inches. No, that's okay. That's I, fine. I, I, that's I think fine that way. <laughs> but uh, I would say most people are fine. But if you're a particularly tall person, then you might, it might not be long enough. So, I mean, the pad itself is 72 inches, which is six feet. And, you know, there's a couple inches of wiggle room there. Yep. Uh, but I would say it's, it's probably optimal for someone under 6'2". All right. And who would you say your main, uh, your main market is? Is it, is it the, the recreational sort of car campers or mm-hmm. are you starting to pick up market in the I would say the yeah, the, the people that are, are most attracted to this are people who want to, you know, have discovered hammock camping one way or another and, and realize that getting off the ground has real advantages. And then they start looking on the market. And, and, and because we're an Australian company, we, we ship out of Sydney, our, I think our prices are extremely competitive compared to, you know, the cost of products in Australia, which I think are very high. I think our products are very reasonable. Uh, and our prices, we sell in the States. We don't. Because the Australian dollar is low, we haven't actually equivalent made the, the, the Australian dollar price equivalent to the U.S. dollar because even though I've, I've discounted it in a yeah. sense, like, yeah. like the U.S. dollar equivalent is higher in the States, I've, I've not completely factored in the cost of the Australian dollar because of that. Uh, so I would say people who are attracted to this are people who, A, they want to get off the ground, and then they say, oh, you know, what's out there? And they look for something that, you know, has got that, this is innovative. So this has got built-in insulation and the flatness and comfort. So that's a real advantage. Like when you're out there camping, it's, it's not only that you want the bug protection. You do want that because Australian bugs are particularly uh, persistent and virulent. But you also want, you know, comfort and you want the insulation. And the insulation is a tricky thing because the other solutions for insulation other than your sleeping bag are... Underquilts yep. and underquilts are big and heavy and bulky and expensive, and and then again there you can use just your, your standard hammock without, uh, you know the the dedicated sleeve and then it's going to move around or you can put something under your hammock but all of those things are imperfect solutions and more stuff yep. whereas this is basically it's all built in you bring your your inflatable pad and basically you set it all you would need with this setup is say the sky bed bug free for that gives you bug protection insulation and to get one of our rain we fly we have three different rain flies now you get one of our rain flies put that above there and you basically got everything you need so does your company also sell the, 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 the tree straps as well we sell three different types of tree straps uh, we have a standard extra long and deluxe cinching uh, the difference between the standard and extra long straps are just the size the standard straps are uh 
meter and a half long. The extra long ones are two meters long. And the ones with, uh, we have one called deluxe cinching tree straps. They have a cinching buckle. So unlike most uh, hammock camping companies out there, most hammock camps, j- camp hammock just come with a carabiner at the end. So it's basically, it's the hammock with no kind of suspension system. And we've tried to differentiate ourselves by building in the suspension system, which is uh, two and a half meters of climbing rope on each end. It, it's, it has advantages and disadvantages like everything else, but I would say having a built-in suspension system that you're not paying extra for is a real bonus. Uh, when you're camping, I would say having a set of tree straps is really handy of any side because they go around the tree, they protect the tree, protect the rope or your suspension system from abrasion. But really it's about hanging from a greater distance and protecting the, the tree so you're not damaging the tree. So with our deluxe cinching tree straps, which are also two meters, it has a, a cinching buckle, which is kind of like a parachute harness buckle, which allows you to open and close it, basically chain, adjust the length of it very easily with a simple pull, kind yeah. of like with a seatbelt. Uh, but the other ones, you just have to, if you don't have the one with a cinching strap, you just retie. If you want to use our rope, you, you can use our rope, which is easy, and just retie your knot. So the other cool thing about the Sky Bedbug Free is it's got double YKK zippers, so it's really high-quality zippers. In almost 20 years of doing this business, I've never had a broken zipper, which is pretty amazing. That's why I only use YKK, because yep. I hate buying products myself where it's, you've got this great thing and then the zipper breaks and it's like all over Red Rover and, and it's like there's nothing you can do. You can't replace the zipper. You can't do anything. So the zipper pulls are really in their double, double-sided pulls. We've also done a cool thing with the, uh, the suspension of the net. So we have like two different loops on the net. The net is actually done in three panels. So originally when we designed this, we just had one big net. But there was a problem with that because it didn't, because it's asymmetrical and you're hanging a net, it didn't hang with one point. Like this one here, the, the No See No More, hangs with just one. That works fine because it's completely symmetrical. But this one, because it's asymmetrical, so we built in, we made the net in three panels, which means it doesn't pull on this side. Yep. So, so originally when we made the product and it was one big net, it, it ended up pulling too much here. So this is, this is, we've had this product for a few years, so, so we've, we tweaked the design quite a bit. So this, this panel that's closest to the end doesn't pull, and then you've got two different cords here that just keeps the net above you, but it keeps the net above you better than just one point was. And then we've got all these gear loops. We've got a gear loop here and two gear loops on the inside. So there's actually six gear loops inside the hammock, and then there's two sets of double pockets as well. And originally we had the pockets on the net, but for this design we found it was better to put them on the, on the hammock so they fall into the hammock. So you've got two sets of double pockets here, and these are great just for your phone or your flashlight or, you know, lightweight gear. And then you can see that loop right here. You've got a loop at the very end, which is, this is nice. Is this kind of wasted space very up there by the, uh, at the very end of the hammock. So you can put a carabiner or something and loop different gear there, which yep. is nice because it's, it's just better use of the space. The other nice thing we've done in the, in the newest design is we've made a double... So this is the structural seam. So the structural seam is where the panels come together. So there's, there's, th- this is a seam here, but it turns out this isn't structural because it's just holding the pad. But this one, there's a seam here at the end, this one, going across on the top where the pad is. So what we've done is we've made that a double seam. So we've made that... Inside with, and out. Inside and out. What's, it's not only folded like this, so it's kind of a... 
I don't hate to describe that kind of fold-over stitch. But we reinforced that on both sides. So that's that's the only place where you get stress. And so we've, we've worked really, really hard over the years to reinforce that at in the most efficient way. And I think the newest design is great. And also, the newest version of this is got a... We've been testing material for many years. And some people find this a little heavy. It's about 900... Originally, it was 900 grams. So we found this new material that's a little lighter. It's got a higher density thread count, but it's a little thinner. So it's about... It saved about 2 ounces or about 50 grams. So this this version of it is about 850 grams versus 900 grams, which still, you know, every gram counts. Uh, You can do the... It's still strong because of its ripstop nylon, so it's, but it, that higher density thread count made a difference. So it was the, the, the thread count is probably more important than the thickness of the material. Yep. Yep. So we've worked really hard on finding the, the optimal materials for this because it's, this, this is a different and more technical design than your typical gathered-in hammock, and getting it, you know, getting it all to work properly like if anyone tried to even make one of these they could never do it it's really every time we've tweaked it you move one little thing and it's you, you wouldn't you wouldn't think so that a hammock design could be so technical or so difficult but you know we we want, at one point tried to change that structural seam the other direction and it turned out to be impossible yeah like you know we had version and version and version it just didn't work I think that's the thing with a lot of people. A lot of, a lot of people like making their own gear, but it's certainly not going to be the cheapest way to do it, and you've got to be really good at what right. you're doing and know well, what you're you doing. You can make a gathered-in hammock, your typical gathered-in yeah. hammock, fairly, you know, if you've got just a piece of material and you were able to do the stitch at the end, you know, a typical gathered-in hammock isn't so hard. Yeah. Like if, if you have the right machinery to at least make the, the, the gathered-in. Or there, there's ways of doing a gathered-in hammock where you just bunch it together and use some, you know, cord. There's ways of doing that. But the, when you start adding the nets and you adding zippers, then yeah. it becomes much more complicated. All right. And um, so these two that you were saying with these two, these, these are new on the market, are they? they or? Uh, they're not brand new. I would say they've been out a few years. Okay. Uh, but they've, they've been tweaked almost every year. Okay. And which is, which is your better selling line? Are people buying with the bug net? Or I sell mostly with the bug net. Yeah. So I, I, by, by far, our most popular one is, is the this is called the bug, Skybed Bug Free. The other one we sell a lot of is the, it's called the No Seam No More, which is a, um, a more traditional gathered in hammock, but with the same netting. Yeah. It's a little less expensive and a little lighter, but it's it's reversible, so it has the versatility of being able to go in both directions. All right. Uh, well, thanks very much for that. Much appreciated. I uh, thank you for your time. Well, check it out at hammocklist.com.au. No worries. Thank you. Cheers. So, as you uh, as we mentioned in the in the introduction. Uh, all these suppliers are very passionate about their products, and certainly Dove comes through uh, uh, being very passionate about hammocks and, uh, and hammock camping. I, was, I must admit I was quite surprised coming to this show. I was very aware of hammocks uh, from an American point of view. Uh, the hammock uh, fraternity in the United States is growing very strongly and, gro- and very rapidly, uh, but it's only fairly new in Australia. And it was a, a pleasant surprise to find a... Uh, an Australian manufacturer and, and distributor of, of hammocks. And, uh, who, and who knew that hammocks for uh, camping, for hiking, was such a complex business? Um, I'm sure we've all experienced uh, lazing around on a hot day in a hammock, but it tends to fold in over the top of you and uh, you feel a little bit sort of hemmed in and a little bit cramped. 
these hammocks are quite different and uh, um, a, as you listen to the podcast you'll realise there's a lot that goes into making them as comfortable and functional as is possible. In an upcoming episode um, uh, sometime over the next six or, six or months or so, we're going to be doing a review of hammocks and hammock camping. Our second interview is with AJ from Camper's Pantry. All right, I'm here with AJ from Camper's Pantry, uh, and I'll list. Uh, uh, in, I'll get uh, AJ to introduce himself and tell you a bit about what Camper's Pantry is and, and what they do for hikers and campers in Australia. G'day, um, my name's AJ. I started a, a company called Camper's Pantry, which is a freeze-dry manufacturing uh, vegetables uh, from Tasmania, and they're all produce out of Tasmania. And uh, at the moment, there's eight, um, eight in the range. You can uh, use them to uh, boil up and serve as a side, or you can use them uh, into uh, a one-pot one pot wonder on the trail. Um, Freeze-drying is a process that takes the product down to minus 40 degrees and then dries at minus 40 degrees. So all the moisture is pulled out of the, uh, out of the product, which uh, leaves it in a, in a state where it's preserved for um, up to two years and um, as light as a feather. Uh, so no flavour or colour is, um, is damaged during the process and it actually has a, a really, really high nutrient uh, retention um, per product. Um, I must admit, we, we, we've done a review on the, the Campus Pantry vegetables on, our, on the Australian Hiker uh, uh, website a few months ago and we, we tried all the vegetables and they really are quite good. They, uh, they, they look like they, they, they're supposed to be. So the cauliflower looks like cauliflower and the potato looks like potatoes. So, and they are quite a, uh, uh, a good product, so more than happy to, to go through and recommend them and particularly being an Australian product. So you mentioned before you've got some new products coming out over the next year? Uh, yeah, we've um, we started playing around with some meals and at the moment we've got 10 meals that we're working on. Uh, a few vegetarian, uh, there's a few lamb, beef and chicken meals using Australian meat and chunks of Australian meat so it's not processed and Aussie uh, veggies in there as well. Um, so hoping to have those available uh, in a few months' time. And we've also, we've also been playing around with some different fruit options um, for snacks on the trail. Uh, we've got some apple pieces. Uh, they're dried, and before we dry them, we soak them in either raspberry or blueberry juice and, and dry those. And we also, um, we've been playing around with pineapple, banana. Uh, we've got marshmallows that are freeze-dried, blueberries. Um, and we're also looking at a cheese, a dried cheese, mixed with peanuts as a trail mix. So um, I must admit, I think the cheese sounds pretty good. I, I tried some of the apple a bit earlier on and it's quite tasty as, as are the strawberries so I think uh, just having that bit of variety, uh, I think the, the, the cheese will be an interesting one I think uh, looking forward to that Yeah, I'll, I'll give you, a, we'll crack open that jar there and we'll let you have a try right now if you like, it's pretty good. Alright, okay, thanks for that AJ, we're, we're, so we'll, uh, we're looking forward to the new product coming out and certainly when it does we'll go through and do a review on the website as well, uh, I think given, given the, uh, the quality of the product that's come out in the freeze dry veggies, definitely looking forward to it. Cool. Thanks, thanks a lot. Thanks Tim, good on you. Now as most of you are aware by now, food is fairly in a, an important thing in my life uh, and um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I was really 
pleased with the uh, the products that AJ had for us to try. We tried one of the uh, the new proposed meals that that, are, that he's talking about releasing, um, and it was it was really good tasting. It was sort of the um, sometimes the the freeze dried meals can be a bit hit and miss. They're either they're really good or they're average, or sometimes they're not so good. Uh, certainly only tried the one meal, but very very nice, and and looking forward to tasting it when it comes out. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, one of the things about uh, food is that uh, it doesn't just need to be tasty, it needs to look good too. And uh, they've really managed to um, get the consistency and uh, the structure of some of these meals uh, just right. Uh, he mentioned, uh, AJ mentioned the the cheese. That was very nice and very tasty and uh, I think will be a welcome addition to uh, a lot of the uh, camping and hiking uh, menus uh, in times to come. I think that's always the thing. I, that's one of the one of the things I miss on the trail on longer trips is cheese. And while you can certainly carry it at the start of the trip, and even up to anything up to about a week, depending on the types of cheese, you start you know the second and third week. Unless you're restocking, you tend not to have that luxury. And this was really nice cheese. So mm-hmm. uh, as I said, um, if it if it goes into production the way that the samples tasted, it will definitely be something we'll be adding to our our camping trips as a regular thing. Mm. I, I miss uh, fruit. I always dream of an apple, um, and uh, their new fruit range was just fantastic. It it was quite different to the usual stuff that you uh, can currently buy. Um, uh, uh, tastier a bit softer and uh, as Tim said if it uh, translates into the packaged product in the same way it'll be fantastic and we'll go through once it's actually been released onto the market we'll go through and do a review for you as well this next episode is with Henry from Cedar Summit okay we're here to here with uh, Henry from Cedar Summit Uh, so Henry tell us a bit about the Cedar Summit brand so the Cedar Summit brand was started in uh, the early 90s by Roland Tyson and Tim McCartney State, uh, following Tim's expedition to climb Mount Everest from Cedar Summit, so from the Bay of Bengal to the top on his own uh, without support of bottled oxygen. Um, Cedar Summit started out making essentials for hiking, so things like your liners, um, so for your liners for your sleeping bag, so silk liner sheets, silk cotton liner sheets, cotton liner sheets, as well as all of the things that you need that you maybe don't think about, so stuff sacks and dry bags. Uh, the motto of Cedar Summit is to in- equip and inspire. So from starting out with those really core products, Cedar Summit over the past uh, 20, 25 to 27 years has grown into a full uh, offering technical outdoor brand, doing everything from those basics that we've covered to camp kitchen, so pots and plates, bowls and spoons as well as a full sleep systems category, so doing things like sleeping bags and sleeping mats. Probably the most significant innovation that we've got here on the stand today would be our new self-inflating mats, which are a real uh, game-changer in terms of self-inflating mat technology. We've managed to make them lighter and more comfortable than anything else that's available on the market currently. 
But additionally to that, we also have our full distributed brand offering. So the full range of hydration packs and bottles from Camelback, all of your technical climbing stuff that you would expect from Black Diamond, as well as an apparel in support, and really cool niche brands like BioLite out of Brooklyn in New York, who are creating off-grid power solutions for a modern world. I think that's the thing with uh, the Cedar Summit brand. I think most people know of a lot of the product that, that's branded Cedar Summit, but I think when you sort of look at the sheer range, they, 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 they're dealing with a lot of companies that they may not know where they come from, but they sort of, uh, you know, so products like Vast and 360 Degrees, and I believe you also do um, the uh, the stoves as well, the uh, the jet ball stoves. Uh, so it's just, you know, people just tend to assume they come from somewhere and, and don't really think it, or realise that it's actually Cedar Summit that's the, the, the importer and the, and the wholesaler for it. So we, as a distributor within Australia, we want to focus on having the best products that we can have because we want people to be having sort of enjoyable experiences outdoors. Um, personally, I like products that I don't think about. So if you have products that are functionally fantastic, you're not going to be thinking about them when you, you're using them outside. So in our stove offering, we've got Jetboil, so fastest boiling stoves in the world. Fantastic if you're using freeze-dried food or if you just want a cup of tea or coffee in a hurry. Um, but we also have Soto, which is a brand um, of Japanese-made stoves, which are really quite interesting and a little bit different to anything else that's out there. Soto was originally a watchmaker, so the precision of how they build these products in their factories uh, is at that level that you would see uh, in yeah, people making, making watches. And it means that you have a level of quality that's sort of unseen elsewhere and a control over, over the production process that's second to none. So we do have a, a huge number of, uh, of brands on offer, but they're all brands that we all love to use personally and they're all in the range for a reason. I must admit, I um, either by conscious choice, where I do uh, do use quite a lot of the, the Cedar Summit branding uh, products, uh, as well as the, the the other sort of products I've got. I use a Jetball stove. I use a Cedar Summit sleeping bag, which I've just bought, um, and I'm just trying out. And it's uh, uh, I'm trying to go lightweight. I'm trying to look at some long distance hikes, and and weight's really becoming important to me. So I'm just trying out my micro sleeping bag at the moment, and and been very happy with that so far. So uh, I'm hoping to do a review on that on the website in the, in the next few months. The micro is certainly a fantastic bag and we're having a discussion when we were doing setup for the show the other day about how versatile it is and I think that when we look around what we all use personally the micro is probably the staff, staff bag of choice here um, at Cedar Summit for most things that we do around Australia. If we go ski touring we'll think about something else uh, with a little bit more down in it that we've got in the range. Uh, personally I'm really excited about what you've been talking about in reducing your weight and we now have a quilt in the range the ember quilt uh, it's made so that you can get rid of that zip so you remove bulk, remove bulk in that way and if you have a mat with a good r value you don't need to worry about not having the sleeping mat underneath yourself so you can again reduce your pack size and reduce your pack weight uh, while still having a good night's sleep I think the, the idea of quilts is fairly new to most Australians. It's, it's certainly been, uh, been something that's been around, particularly on the American long trails, as people, people try to shave their weight. 
but I think for a lot of Australians, I mean, for me, buying the, the micro sleeping bag as a mummy bag, it's the first mummy bag I've ever owned, and I was really worried about whether it was going to suit me or not, and it has been, been very good so far. But it's, you know, the quilts are, are sort of a next level down. Again, as you say, they're a real, real saving in weight, which most people tend not to think of. Yeah, so I think if you really, you need to think about your, your whole sleep system when you're using a quilt. Uh, because there is a consideration of the R value of mat and making sure that you've got enough warmth under your body. Uh, I personally use an ember quilt for a number of things in Western Australia uh, on my ultralight mat, which is an uninsulated mat. But if I'm sleeping on a uh, on colder ground, uh, ground that's got a lot of moisture in it, even uh, down on the south coast in WA, I'll be using something like my ultralight insulated mat, which has a better R value, and then I can use either my ember quilt, depending on um, depending on what the air temperature is, because I've got an ember one, so it's around a 12 degree quilt, or I use my micro three either open as a quilt or if it drops below zero zipped up i must admit i i tend to be i have a really a really good cold tolerance so i've got the the micro one uh, and that'll then I'm, I'm hoping that'll take me down to about minus three or minus four but it's probably not going to do most people for that sort of temperature you can always keep your clothes on <laughs> All right. Um, so, so, the, so it sounds like the the thing to keep an eye out for is the um, the self-inflating sleeping mats for this upcoming season. Uh, anything else that's that's new on the market we should be looking out for? So, those of you who haven't seen the Cedar Summit X pots, which are our collapsible pots, an award-winning, uh, real innovation in uh, in camp kitchen, I would encourage you to look into those, and then look out for normal Cedar Summit pots uh, for 2018. So we're doing a a range of anodised aluminium pots which come both on their own and in a set with stackable bowls, mugs uh, and uh, also a frying pan. So immediately I think that self-inflating mats is a real uh, real good move and um, we can all in- improve our, our comfort sleeping in the outdoors and then beyond that for 2018 certainly keep your eyes peeled for the cookware. I must admit we, uh, we're actually going to be doing a review of the Cedar Summit uh, X Cup and X Mug over the next couple of weeks. It's sort of uh, again good looking little products so uh, uh, keep an eye out for those. Okay Henry thanks very much for your time. Much appreciated. No worries. Thanks Jim. Cedar Summit is one of those brands that everyone's into outdoor activities tends to know. Um, they, they produce their own brands that include sleeping bags, cookware, and a number of other accessories. Uh, but they also are agents for pro- very well-known products such as Jet Boil, Black Diamond, and Backcountry Cuisine, and Trangia. So I think um, I'm probably no different than a lot of other hikers and campers. I have a lot of their product in my kit. Yeah, they definitely have a huge range and their stand at the show was just immense. Um, And uh, as Henry was uh, saying, a bunch of things to look out for. So, you know, some quite interesting things that will be new to the market very soon. Our next interview is with Caroline from Fowl Raven. Okay, we're here with um, a Caroline from a company called Fowler Avon. Uh, and again, forgive my pronunciation, this is not quite the way you pronounce it. 
Uh, this is a company that's fairly new to Australia, but certainly out of Europe, it's one of the big companies that has quite a good reputation. So we thought we'd have a bit of a chat and see about uh, what they're bringing to Australia and what their product range is likely to be, because you'll be starting to see it a lot more over the next few years. Yes. All right. So tell us a bit about the, the Fal Raven product range and, and, and what you're trying to be, what, what you're actually going to be doing in Australia with it. Well, we we hope to be one of the leading brands. I would say in outdoor. I mean the. Firaven brand has been, it's a Swedish company um, and uh, has been uh, starting in like in the 60s and uh, we are quite different I would say from the other brands because our values are very different. Uh, I, I can just name some few of them like we are a timeless brand, very sustainable oriented, uh, not following fashion and uh, we also want to include everybody, like from kids to very old people, not only like the sporty from 20 to 40 years old. And uh, and one thing which is very important, we are a non-competing brand. So it means that we don't aim to push people to go just only on the summit, but we just want them to go outdoors and to enjoy it at their own pace. So what what sort of what's what what does Falraven do? What's what's their tip, what's their product range? Well, we do everything from like backpacks, accessories to clothing, and um, so you can yeah find anything equipment that you want to go. I mean to fight any type of climate because since the Swedish climate is very tough, uh, we have quite a lot of uh, product to, to fight against like very windy or very cold climate but we also go m- much more into warm warm climate now since we're growing a lot in US and also in Asia um, Australia I would say it's not, it's not very tough neither so we have a quite big range who will fit your country as well. So who's, uh, where do we find Falraven in Australia? Who, who is selling or who's stocking or are you you're setting up your own stores? Uh, no, we work uh, I mean, exclusively with Zen Import, which is our like, exclusive distributor. And uh, uh, we only started last December, so it's fairly quite new. fairly new, I yeah. would say. Uh, our goal is to enter all the uh, outdoor I would say a selective store uh, and chain store, and um, but we also have like uh, um, approached with like some fashion uh, partners uh, because our products are very versatile. So I mean, uh, it's also quite trendy now to have like technical product to wear on the street. So we also want to go into this direction. Okay, well, thank you very much for that. So look forward to seeing Fal Raven product in the stores over the coming years. As I said, got a very good reputation, very well known in Europe, and uh, I think it'll probably end up being the same in Australia. Thank okay. you. Thank you. As mentioned, Felravens, one of those products that I've been been looking at for a number of years in the European hiking magazines, and and, and I suppose waiting for it to come to Australia. Uh, and this is uh, it's good to finally see them here and arrived. And I think uh, certainly there you, you might struggle to find them over the next next few months, but I think over the next year you'll start to see them more more and more regularly, and the product range increasing. Yes, and, and Carolyn was saying that uh, they don't follow fashion, but uh, certainly their colour range is, is quite spectacular. And uh, they had on display a series of, uh, basically a wall of packs of all dis- different colours, and it was quite, uh, uh, quite impressive to see. And uh, their gear looked quite sturdy as well as uh, a little bit different, a little bit more colourful and a little bit more interesting. So it will be interesting to see what happens uh, in the coming year with uh, Fal Raven. Our next interview is with uh, Lil from Zempire Camping. 
Okay, we're just here from Lil, with Lil from uh, Zempire Camping Equipment, uh, and this is a, a fairly new name that's uh, becoming more and more common in Australia, uh, and certainly it's a, it's a product that's becoming more well-known, so we thought we'd have a bit of a chat uh, and see what Zempire is about. So, uh, Lil, tell us a bit about what, what, is, what is Zempire Camping and what do you do? Uh, Zempire is a um, camping and tent manufacturer out of New Zealand. We've been in the market for the last 10 years. Um, we've been in Australia for two seasons now, so we're quite new in the market. Um, we've had really good uptake on the products and a really positive um, reaction in the market. So um, we're pretty much family camping and technical camping. So we've got a full range of um, canvas tents up in the upper end of the market, right down to technical um, adventure tents. So, um, and then accessories, chairs, beds, and all of the equipment that comes with it. I must admit, looking at the uh, the product range here on the floor, there's some very, very large tents. <laughs> uh, it looks like I could probably sleep about 10 people without too much problem. And I'm guessing they're more car-based camping than anything else? Yeah, we started off as a family camping business, so um, traditionally in the canvas tents, and uh, the product set has, has developed from there. So today we sit uh, more focused on the inflatable tent market, um, again in the family side of the market, so big tents, um, uh, big 340 GSM canvas tents down to very small polyester tents. They all take less than 10 minutes to pitch the things. There's no poles in them. Um, they're super stable in the wind uh, and just very easy to work with. Um, the, the likes of the technical range, which is the adventure tents, um, go from a three-man um, trilogy tent um, down to a one-man mono tent. Um, they've been in the market for 10 years, so they're one of our initial parts of the range. Um, they're more or less bulletproof as far as a three-season technical tent is concerned, but they're um, substantially cheaper than perhaps some of the other um, more technical products in the market or the guys that aim for the four-season market. So if you've got a really good sleeping bag, um, it'll pretty much cover you for four seasons, um, but uh, the majority we suggest that they're, they're probably not in the upper end of the technical market. I must admit the, uh, my impression from looking at Zempire on the, uh, some of the distributors' web- websites in Australia is they're, they're not the sort of seven $800 sort of tents and they're not the, the $50 uh, Aldi style tents if you like. They, they sit in that mid-range that someone new to camping might necessarily, not, doesn't want to spend a huge amount of money but they still want a good quality tent. That's exactly it, yeah. They're, um, they're the hunter's choice in New Zealand so um, we sell out of the product every season so they're well proven. Uh, we get no returns on the thing which is another important part of it um, but they are, they're really good value for money so often two to $300 cheaper than some of the more technical products in the market and um, and a great entry level market we can we can trim the things down by dropping off guy ropes and that sort of thing and get them down below a kilo this season we've got footprints that uh, allow you to be able to pitch the tents fly only as well so if you really want to pack light and um, camp in the summertime then you can get a really light product out of the thing so um, good options there as far as um, pitching them as a standard way or with fly only okay um, so out of the um, 
I mean, you're, you're saying you've got a one, a two, and a three-person tent through here. What's what's your best seller out of those three tents? And, uh, and I suppose that question depends on who, who's actually buying it. But is there one that sells better than the others? Or? Um, as a general rule, the Atom is the is the leader in that group of, pre- of tents. So there's five in the range. Um, Trilogy is the bigger one that you can get two to three people in quite comfortably. But it, as you say, it's, it really is generally on what the use is for and what the individual's looking for. There's something for pretty much everyone in there as far as storage and how much gear you're packing with you. So there's good wet vestibules in majority of them. Um, there's good cooking areas in the majority of them. So um, we've, we hope we've got pretty much everything covered off for just about every guy in the market. Okay, and who are the distributors in Australia at the moment? Are you able to tell me that? Yeah, we've, as, as I say, we've only been in the market for a short period. So we've got the likes of uh, several online um, guys in the market. So we've got Wild Earth, Snowy's, Kelly's um, running at the moment. Um, there's a few of the guys from Blue Sky Group. So it's a developing thing as far as the market and uh, we hope to be expanding a lot more. Okay, that's good. All right, thanks very much for that. So we, uh, as I said, this is a company that we're likely to be seeing more and more of as, as people people learn to recognise it's out there. As I said, it sits in a really good uh, good price range for a lot of people and provides a good quality product. So um, uh, it's something to well look, look at for when you're, you're choosing your next tent. Thanks very much. Thank you. So as mentioned, this is a company that's becoming um, more and more well-known in Australia, even though they haven't been out for that long, but it is a name that's becoming more common. They've really filled a niche that was uh, wanting in the market of a good quality, reasonably priced, reasonably lightweight sort of tent. Uh, I mean, up until really the last uh, couple of years, we either had the choice of very expensive, very lightweight tents, uh, or we had a lot lot of tents down the lower end of the market. Uh, this one just fills a, a, the good quality, relatively lightweight sort of level. Uh, and for those that are into car camping, they do some really big tents. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they had some 10 people tents set up at the show, which we didn't bother to review or take photos of, but they were pretty massive. And they're also, uh, the, uh, instead of having poles, they have air ribs, which makes them, makes them quite a good product for those, those family campers who, who are driving. And it does make you wonder what size of vehicle you need to carry some of those tents. Um, uh, having said that, the hiking tents were fantastic. They're well tested in New Zealand. Uh, you know, they're a a uh, regional Southern Hemisphere product, which you don't always get to see. And, uh, you know, it'll be good to uh, see how they go in Australia because they're certainly um, going to be... Uh, a good complement to what's already available on the market. Our next interview is our last for this uh, podcast, and that's with uh, Greg from Spelian. Okay, we're here with um, Greg from Spelian, and Spelian's one of the uh, companies that uh, handles quite a few brands, so I'll hand you over to Greg, and I'll get Greg to explain what his company does and what the products that, uh, that he manages. So Spelian, uh, in Australia, we distribute to retail stores uh, brands like Buff, Petzl, Cascade Designs, and under the Cascade Designs umbrella is MSR and Thermarest, amongst others, and they are all brands that are available in outdoor stores right around the country. Uh, Some new things that we're releasing this year under the Buff banner would be some running caps and some other neck scarves that people use. 
Under Petzl we have some new headlamps and they are using rechargeable batteries that can save over 900 AAA batteries over the life of the rechargeable battery that are all USB rechargeable. Uh, under the Cascade Designs banner and Thermarest we've released some new uh, self-inflating mattresses that also have a speed valve technology which inflates the mat uh, in about a third of the time that it normally would without a, uh, a speed valve. I must admit, we, we both use uh, the, the Thermarest Neo Airs at the moment, and it's certainly a workout of the lungs to inflate them at the end of the day. It certainly is, and the, the Neo Airs, uh, the, some of them will actually be coming, or sorry, some now come with a speed valve, and some next year uh, will also be including the speed valve that don't currently at the moment, so your uh, end of the day uh, <laughs> hikes will certainly be much more relaxing. All right, so um, you mentioned before there's a, a relatively new water filtration uh, system you've got out. Can you talk a bit, a bit about that? Indeed. So there's uh, under the MSR banner they do a, a bunch of water treatment and there's a two ways you uh, can filter water. One is a microfilter, which essentially takes out most of the nasties, uh, but there's also a purification, which also takes out viruses. And over the course of the years, viruses have never been able to be filtered out. They've always had to be... Uh, deactivated by adding a chemical whether it be a, a chlorine solution of, of something um, but with the uh, US military's backing MSR we're given some funding to develop a medium that could actually filter out viruses and they produce the Guardian purifier which is to be honest the world's most advanced portable purifier and most microfilters will filter down to 0 0.02 of a micron and to remove viruses you need to go down to 0 0.002 of a micron and this will actually achieve that and also have a, fla a fast flow rate of two and a half litres per minute and uh, the cartridge will actually last up to 10,000 litres. It has a self-cleaning mechanism, um, and that's called the Guardian Purifier. OK, that sounds pretty good. I, I, I must admit we've, um, we're going to be doing a, a review of some of the water purification and filtration in a couple of weeks, and, and one of those is as one of the, uh, the MSR products. So um, I realised when we actually came through and had a look at the stand, the, uh, another product we're also going to be discussing is one of the Platypus gravity feeders. Uh, and again, it's, you, d you don't tend to realise that it's coming from your company rather than their own specific supplier in Australia. Yeah, and, and Platypus are uh, actually under the same umbrella as the MSR and Thermarest, so a lot of the technology is shared. And in Platypus, in their gravity systems, they see that uh, for more general use. And uh, most people these days don't like to pump to get their water filtered or purified and uh, the gravity filters these days because the technology's come so far you can still get quite a high flow rate uh, with the gravity filters you don't have to s sit there and wait you can actually get four litres in a couple of minutes I must admit for us we, we've got a trip planned later in the year there's three of us hiking and I thought this is for us it's the logical way to go for, to, for, for filtration for, for three people so. in, indeed and you, uh, with the platypus one you've uh, got an option for a, a two litre bladder or a four litre bladder 
to uh, essentially get your water from or fill it up and then and then filter it. Okay, and I suppose just one last question is: the, is there any anything new and exciting that's likely to be coming up over the next couple of years in the in the in the industry, either from your companies that you deal with, or or is there any direction you see that the way the industry is heading that, that's going to be really interesting in the next couple of years? The way the industry has been heading, and, and most manufacturers over certainly the last course of the last few years, and it continues, is lightweight. And uh, you're able to get things that are lightweight but still perform uh, for uh, what most hikers require. Um, the, the only uh, thing to remember, certainly with lightweight, comes durability. And yeah. so you do definitely need to uh, take care of your lighter weight gear because there's, there's obviously a, a payoff for something that's lighter weight is not often as durable. All right. Thank you very much for that. Much appreciated. You're welcome. So that was Greg from uh, Spillian, uh, and that's, uh, that'll be the last of our interviews for uh, the Outdoor Retailer Show. Thanks very much. That was Greg from Spillian, and as I mentioned at the start of the interview, it's a name that um, is probably not fami- very familiar to most people, but uh, after listening to Greg, you soon realise exactly what products he does sell. Uh, and, and it's a number of the very well-known brands throughout Australia, such as MSR uh, and Thermarest and Buff, just to, just to name a few. Um, as um, as Greg indicated, the um, there are probably two trends that we really noticed out of this uh, this show. Uh, firstly, as 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 he mentioned, that the change to lightweight material, the lightweight hiking gear. Um, is, is, is continuing to increase uh, as the popularity of the American long trails like the Pacific Crest Trail and others uh, put a, a new slant on traditional hiking. As mentioned, really, when you're looking at gear, there's a trade-off between price, weight, and durability. And generally, you can have two of those things, but you can't have all three. Um, but uh, I must admit, I, um, I've got some lightweight gear at the moment, and providing you look after it, it does last. It's not going to last as long as the old heavyweight style gear, but it does also doesn't weigh as much. And, uh, and for me, as I get older, I think that's something that's uh, definitely worthwhile considering. One of the things that came up from me, not just from Greg, but uh, from the other interviews that we had, was the level of technology that's actually integrated into some of the the day to day hiking uh, products, familiar products that that we see. Um, there is a lot of improvement and a lot of research and a lot of refinement that goes on. And, uh, you know, if you just think about that aspect of lightweight in itself, there is um, a huge amount of effort that goes into making products more uh, usable, making them fit for purpose. Um, and, you know, I think sometimes we forget about that and sometimes we uh, perhaps need to take a moment and reflect on um, how better our hiking and our um, outdoor lives are because of the effort that's put in in relation to that aspect. The other other thing that we certainly noticed, and, and it's something I've been noticing for the last couple of years, I, I'm one of these people that, that haunt uh, outdoor stores wherever we go. Yes, he does. <laughs> um, and that's always one of the, the things I put on my to-do list when I go to a new city or a new town is to have a look at the stores to see if there's any product that I haven't seen before. And you can't see too many outdoor stores, can you, Tim? No. <laughs> um, but uh, certainly one of the things that we are seeing is 
the increase in the number of overseas brands coming into Australia. So at this show in particular, Foul Raven's probably a good example of that. Um, but certainly there's a number of brands that have, uh, I've been looking at for a number of years in the American and the European market magazines uh, and, and starting to see them more and more regularly and, and a bigger product range. So I think um, this, is, this is going to make it a lot easier, provide a lot more choice for, for outdoor enthusiasts. Uh, and given that we're, uh, we're just about to have a change to our, our GST rules, which means that all product coming from overseas will now be taxed, uh, not just uh, products over $1,000, uh, it's going to make buying from overseas or overseas websites more expensive. Having said that, whenever we can, we should also buy Australian or New Zealand um, if if the products are available. So my preference is always to focus there and see what else is available. All right, that's all for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, as mentioned, this was our first time at the Outdoor Retailer Show and we certainly will go back next year. And I think given the response we had this year and the, just the sheer range, we're more likely to spend a couple of days there next year and we'll probably end up doing a couple of podcasts out of it because uh, there's just so much to see and so much we didn't include of some very good product. Yeah, I'd like to thank everybody that uh, we spoke with, uh, those who um, uh, we interviewed. Uh, they were certainly very welcome to a couple of new starters and uh, a couple of beginners in the space. And uh, uh, we didn't at any time feel as if we were uh, not part of the team and not part of the sector. So thank you all. And, uh, you know, for me, that probably says a lot about uh the, the sort of commitment that, that those uh, suppliers um, and producers have to the Australian market, and that can only be a good thing. All right. Next week's uh, show is back to our normal regular podcasts, uh, and that's episode 31. And we're going to be looking at the second part of Water on the Trail, and that's water filtration and purification. Um, as per usual, this, ep this episode is available for download through our website, through SoundCloud, through Stitcher Radio and iTunes. And if you have the opportunity, please rate us on iTunes to help get the message out there. That's all for today's episode. Hope you've enjoyed. Bye for now. And bye from me.